So this week's Torah portion is Balak. And for those of you who follow my speeches and my various writings over the course of the week, the Rebbe spoke about the idea of truly living with the Parsha, living with the, the portion of the week. It comes from the Alter Rebbe, who he said to one of his students, to one of his chassidim, you should live with the times. And when they asked to interpret what does it mean to live with the times, he said you should live with the portion of the, the Torah portion of the week. So let's kind of do a little recap on last week's Torah portion. I had a great issue in last week's Torah portion. I had an issue with the fact that Moses hits the rock and as a result of Moses hitting the rock, he ends up getting a drastic punishment. One that changes the course of his entire life. He wanted to go to Israel. His greatest desire was to go to Israel. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And not to go into all the details of what we've spoken about over the course of Shabbat, but I realize that it talks, that the whole point of this is a message on leadership. That leaders take a responsibility for others, and as a result, if they do something wrong, there's a harsher punishment put on them. Now I want to go and follow this trajectory into this week's Torah portion. And what I'm going to do today is I want to just dissect the first few verses of this week's Torah portion. So, coming in from last week, the Jewish people are flying high, let's just say it. They are having the time of their lives. They, are, they just destroyed the Amorites. They are now coming from the north. So today that would be considered Transjordan, like Jordan, Syria. So they're coming in from the north. They just destroyed the Amorites. They destroyed the Sichon. They destroyed Bashan. Bashan uh, is, uh, today would be the Golan Heights. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm just giving you, so you have an idea of where it is in today's terms. There was a king who was the king of Bashan. His name was Og. Og is a fascinating person. I had this desire as a teenager to write a series of comic books, which that series would be looking at the five books of Moses through the eyes of Og. Because Og, who's this giant, who's the king of Bashan, we, we hear about him first in the story of Noah, and then Moses kills him. So he literally goes through majority of the five books. And I had this whole idea of like, you know, like different things are happening and he's kind of in the background. I don't know, I had all, anyway. So this giant, these two giants of Sichon and Og, they are, they are defeated. And now the Jewish people are invincible. Invincible. There's an amazing excitement because they also know that this is the end of the 40 years. 
And they know that at the end of the 40 years, they get to go into the promised land. So there's a certain sense of excitement. A lot of the people who are here are children of the people who left Egypt. I'm just giving you, setting the scene, so you have an idea of how we're entering this week's Torah portion. Now let's take a look at what happens in this week's Torah portion. We're on page 962 in the blue book. I'm going to read the portion, the verse in Hebrew, and we're going to start off by just translating the literal verse. Vayar, and he saw Balak ben Sipor. So there's a guy named Balak ben Sipor, and he saw. Ace, kol, asher, asai, Yisrael. All that Israel had done, le'amori, to the Amorites. First verse of this week's Torah portion. What do you read here? What's going on here? Understanding the scene that I just set for you, what is, what is going on? What did Balak see? Saw his neighbors get wiped out. He just saw his neighbors get wiped out. Okay. Seems pretty simple, right? Seems like a really simple verse. Like, could you imagine thinking anything more than just, okay, here it is. Balak, the son of Tzipor, we don't even know who he is yet, but we can guess that he's somebody who's kind of in the scene. He's important. The, the name of this week's Torah portion is called Balak, so he's got to be a big, a big dude. So I'm just, we're setting the tone for this week's Torah portion. We've got Balak. He's big time. He's the son of Tzipor, and he sees everything that Jews have done to the Amorites. Now I'm going to go one verse further, and then I'm going to, Back up, okay? Let's just look at one more verse. Vayagar, Moab. And Moab became terrified. Mipnea'am, of the people. Which people? I guess the same people that Balak saw. Me'od. Because of uh, their multitudes, because of their great numbers. Kirav hu. Vayakats Moab, Mipnei B'nei Yisrael, and Moab detested the Nei Israel, the children of Israel. Now, what does the next verse say? So, Moab, who's Moab? He could be a person. He could be a nation. Well, maybe... Now, just to dissect this a bit, what is the difference between verse 2 and verse 3 here? Well, the first one saw and the second was afraid. Mm, there we go. So whoever this Balak guy is, he's just looking. But whoever this Moab guy is, he's afraid. Now, what did Balak see that Moab's afraid of? Or even better, why isn't Balak afraid? But Balak saw something. It doesn't say Balak was afraid. It, and, and the verse, look, the Torah is exact. Every word in the Torah, we can dissect every single word of the Torah. So if the Torah is saying that one person saw something and the other person's afraid, then the other person who saw is not afraid. 
you can already deduce. By the way, this is why Torah scholars make the best lawyers. Because because when you're studying Torah, verse by verse, you, you make deductions. I haven't even gone into any commentary yet. We're just looking, I mean, in your translation there, in the light, the light words, you already have some Arashi mixed in. So you're already seeing some of the next stuff that we're going to talk about. But just translating the literal verse, what do we see here? We see that there's a guy named Balak, and he saw something. Now, would we say, it would seem by Yagar, I mean, it should, if, it should have said, if he was afraid, Vayera, or Vayar, Vayagar, Balak. He saw and he was afraid. But it doesn't say that. <clears throat> he saw it, Vayagar, and Moab becomes afraid. And it says, Mipnei Ha'am, which means they became afraid, which we can deduce once again that they become afraid as a result of what he saw. We don't know anything else yet. Follow so far? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go into Rashi. Rashi is um, Rabbi Shlomo Yitzchaki. He lived in the 7th century France. He actually lived in Vitry, France. He was one of the leading rabbis of the European Jewry of the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. And Though he doesn't have a monopoly on Torah commentary, he introduced a new way of interpreting the Torah. And it's called Pshutei Shel Mikra, which means the, the simple translation. The simple, which means what Rashi does, which is unique from all the other commentaries, and why, why we call Rashi the foremost biblical commentator, is because he just, as I'm doing, he just dissects the literal verse so that Anyone who's reading the verse, you now can understand the verse better than you understood it before. Which the other commentaries will build up, and we'll go into some of the other commentaries soon. But the the other commentaries will build up on various things. But Rashi has the ability to just dissect the actual verse itself. So let's take a look at Rashi. I'm going to read the Rashi. It's it's here in, in the Hebrew, if you can follow the Hebrew. Otherwise, it's kind of mixed into your translation. So... Vayar Balak, and Balak saw, Rashi is asking the question. Now, something fascinating, you wouldn't know this unless you have a background in Rashi. Generally, Rashi will take one word or two words from the verse. There's something unique that this particular verse and this particular Rashi has. He takes the entire verse. It's not, I actually, off the top of my head, I can't think of five, five other times that Rashi does this. So there's something unique, which you wouldn't know. I'm just giving you a little background in Rashi's study. So that automatically kind of makes me kind of step back a second and say, why is Rashi taking the entire verse? So I'm going to read the Rashi. Amar, he said, Elu shnei malachim, those two kings, shahayinu petuchim alehem, with whom we relied on them. Loi omdu bifneim could not withstand them. Anu al-achas kama v'kama, certainly we can't. And therefore Moab becomes terrified. So Rashi now explains what 
Balak saw that Moab became terrified. What does he say? That those two kings, referring to last week's Torah portion, which were Sihon and Og, they could not withstand, and they were the kings. And he adds something fascinating, which we don't know without Rashi. I didn't see it anywhere else. We relied on them. What does that mean, we relied on them? What did we rely on? For our security? For our security. So I'll give you a little background. But we wouldn't know this without Rashi. The background on this is, there was no secret that the Jewish people were going to attack. Actually, in those times, it was normal for there to be war. That was an obvious part of being. There was wars. They had 40 years to prepare. So what did they do for 40 years? They knew the Jewish people were going to come from the north. The first nations were going to be Sichon and Og. Sichon and Og were the most powerful nations. They were giants. They were the protectors. So what did they do? They stockpiled. And they gave all of their military resources, financially, to Sichon and Og. Actually, there was a pact, a pact like a United Nations between 31 Canaanite nations. These 31 Canaanite nations, they, all the leaders got together and they said, the Jews are going to come. What's the best way to do it? They all decided in the United Canaanite nations that they were going to put all their resources into Sichon and Og. So for 40 years, they relied on Sichon and Og. Do you know how long it took the Jewish people to conquer Sichon and Og? One day. One day. It was, a, it, was a, it was actually, they, they, all the military was, were in this like, cave, mm-hmm. and, they, and, and, they, and the cave got smashed in. It was an act of God. Literally an act of God. Not the way we say it. So here they're saying, hold on a second. We've got a problem. We put all of our military resources for 40 years on Sichon and Og. The Jewish people wiped them out in one day. We're in trouble. So what are they going to do? So now, let's just, before we continue, before we, we move on, they're, they're obviously terrified. That makes sense. So we now have a clarification. Just from Rashi alone, we just clarified. And we can understand the entire story that happens here. From just We just went through two verses. And we have the whole story here. And two verses. What would you do if you were the Moabites? Or run. Either welcome them or run. Welcome them or run. Okay. No, we can't kill them, so talk to them. If you can't beat them, join them? Yeah. Okay. Do you have any questions on this? Does anything else pop out at you? I've got some things that pop out of me. Kirav who, because of their great numbers. I don't know about you, but 
in my humble opinion, killing Sichon and Og that you put all your military power in for 40 years in one day, what does it have to do with great numbers? It should have said, because they destroyed Sichon and Og. What are they talking about great numbers here? The Torah does not have one extra word. There's a reason why it says great numbers. It bothers me why it says Ha'am and then says Nisra. Oh, there it is. Why does it say Ha'am? How many different ways... How many different ways in two verses does it refer to the Jewish people? Let's, let's count them. Asher Asa Yisrael. Ha'am. Ki Rav Hu. Rav. And then B'nai Yisrael. In two verses, we have four times referring to the Jewish people in three different ways. What else, what else pops out at you? What? It's like um, detested. That's the term that is, u- is used to translate by yakats. I don't know what... Uh, yakats, uh, what does it say here? They became sick. Disheartened. Disheartened and sick. That's interesting. By yakats. Referring to a physical sickness. They literally became physically sick. Because of the Jewish people. Okay. That's the conclusion. I, the reason why I'm, I'm taking my time here is I want this to bother you a little bit. <laughs> it bothers me. You can tell. <laughs> why they use four different things to talk about one people? Oh, I'm just, I'm just pointing that out. But this, all of these elements, I, I don't like the fact that I still don't understand why they're using Rav, the Rav who looked they were great in numbers. I still don't understand why they're using um, f- three different ways of looking at the Jewish people. Um, why, you know, why can't they get their, 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 their narrative straight? What are they? Are they the Yisrael? Are they Rav? Are they Ha'am? What, they can't say what it is? Say the thing. What are you scared of? Well, when you don't understand something, you're afraid. Oh. So how did they get to wipe Moab? That's right. Moab so we already have in the words that are being used, you can already see they're slurring their words a little bit. They're trying to detract. Can you see that? Well, you can see the language that's happening here? There's a language. Ha'am, the nation, the people. He who shall not be named. There's already a fear. You can feel the fear, even in their words. Maybe the, even confusion? Like, we don't, we don't know who these people are. We don't want even to call them. We don't even know what to call them. That's how, that's how confused we are about them. We don't even know what to say about these people. Let's, let's go into the other Rashis, the Rashis on verse 3. And then I'm going to add a couple other components here. Vayagar. Rashi, a classic Rashi. Rashi's commenting on the fact that they became terrified. Right? That's a, that Rashi takes one word and is commenting on it. Lashon Mora. He says this word denotes fear. We all say, duh, right? But Rashi adds a component that is, as in fear for yourselves. What does that mean, fear for yourselves? Fear for your life. Exactly. They're fearing for their lives. So it's not just terrified. They are terrified 
So we're using, Rashi is saying, you have to understand this word vayagar that may not be familiar to you is not just an ordinary fear. It's fear for your life. That's, so this is a normal thing that Rashi would do. Remember, Rashi's job is to clarify. Hi, Rabbi Bernath here. I have some great news for you. My popular four-week course, Kabbalah for Everyone, is available right now for free for the next 50 people who download it. All you have to do is go to www.theloverabbi.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and you're going to see the download button right there. In this course, I talk about the Kabbalistic secrets to relationships, to wealth, to happiness, and balance. This special offer has been dedicated in loving memory of Ellie Dorfman. I look forward to hearing from you and hope you enjoy the course. Now on to today's episode.